0: Well, good morning. I'm glad to be here this morning uh, introducing you to someone that has become very special to me. Um, I regret not being able to go with them back to Africa um, this spring. I thoroughly enjoyed my time I had with them last spring. I'm sure it would be a totally different atmosphere. A group of 16. Last year there was a group of three of us. and uh, But it is... Uh, Today's Sunday school lesson sort of is missional, if you think about it in that way. In Zechariah 3, verse 10, um, I just want to share this verse and then I'll introduce him. Um, in that day declares the Lord of hosts, every one of you will invite his neighbor to come under his vine and under his fig tree. That's what they're doing. We, we're, we have the opportunity, knowing Jesus Christ our Savior, to sit underneath that vine, that fig tree, And inviting others in. And that's what they're doing, going to Africa. And so uh, this morning, and uh, also I just want to say I'm excited for the ones that are going. Um, Very glad that you are going. It's a great experience. And so I want to introduce Ross Gerber, if he comes up here, and and his wife Jennifer, however. There you go. Going to be a great opportunity. Lost my train of thought there, but anyway, great opportunity for them to go up there and share in Africa with those that uh, are seeking as well. There, um, so when I was coming up here, he asked me, "Well, it's eleven fifteen already. Am I supposed to stop at 11.30? He said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> I said, "Take all the time you want." We'd love to hear from you, whatever God lays on your heart. So uh, I'm turning the time over to you. Take all the time you want, and Lord's blessing. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much.
1: I'm glad Joe cleared that up, so when I go over a little bit, you won't be blaming me for this. He, he gave me the okay to do it. Well, we, are, uh, we really enjoy being here with you. We want you to know that. We, you have a special place in our hearts, and I want to say thank you to you, for having the choir in earlier, even with the loud drums and everything else that was going on in that morning, but uh, it, we we just uh, so appreciate you you uh, working with us and uh, partnering with us in what God is doing over in Uganda and East Africa in uh, in the work that we do over there. It's so great to get to know you and to meet more of you and to actually remember some of your names rather than just faces. So. It takes a little while to do that, and we're really excited to have Harlan and Mandy and the girls coming along with us, and Marcus and his daughter coming as well. Uh, we just trust that a lot more of you will come in the years ahead. This is great to uh, be partnering again and doing that. Um, this morning, we're going to give you a little report, and I'm going to keep my eye on the clock. I really am. I'm not going to go till 1 o'clock or well, to anywhere in there. Um, I really felt like I wanted to just preach a little message from the Word before we gave you a report. Is that okay? I'd like you to turn to Acts chapter 16. We'll start in verse 4, and I'll read several verses there. Then I just want to make a few comments as I was thinking and praying and preparing for this morning You know, it's hard to do a missions morning and say anything about missions without mentioning the Apostle Paul, amen? He's, uh, he's pretty much a scriptural example of that. So it says here in Acts chapter 16, verse 4, And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. Now, when they had gone through, the, uh, through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And, after, and they had come to Mysia, and after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So, passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after that he had seen the vision. Immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city in that part of Macedonia a colony and we were staying in that city for some days you know when you talk about missions uh again if you're going to use a scriptural basis it's really easy just to go to acts and and uh, uh go to the apostle paul and watch what he did over here uh this was paul's second missionary trip and uh i in. i mean i've always been intrigued as to how god leads his people how he speaks to his people. You know, the Bible says that those who are believers know his voice. For a long time, I wasn't sure about that because I wasn't sure I knew his voice. And I I know that a lot of people sitting in in churches, you know, read that scripture and think, man, do I really know the Lord? Because I'm not sure I know his voice. And I just want to tell you, if you're a believer, you know the voice of God, whether whether you think you've heard it already or whether you haven't. But you know the voice of God. When Father speaks... You'll know, you know, you'll know because you recognize that voice of your Father in heaven. And I, I looked at this scripture here, and I, w- I was just thinking about how does God lead us? What do, we, what do we do, and how do we open ourselves to the Lord so that he can actually speak to us and lead us? And I'm uh, just going to go through this really quickly, give you some thoughts to think about and chew on over lunch today. Uh, you know, one of the ways that we see God leading here in, in verse 6 is that, you know, when they'd gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. We are familiar and have talked about the concept of open and closed doors. Amen? I mean, that's one of the ways that God leads us and guides us and directs us. We pray, we ask God, we say, what do you want us to do? And He opens doors or He closes doors. A good thing to remember about that is when the door closes, that's just as much God as when the door opens. And so we need to just relax in that and let the Holy Spirit lead us. appreciated your exhortation today about the Holy Spirit, you know. uh, I grew up in a Mennonite church in southern Ontario all my life, and the funny thing is when I went to university, a secular university, I ran into the Holy Spirit, (laughs) I was saved when I was 13, but then I ran into the Holy Spirit. And I really it was at that point where I began to realize that the that God is not just a God out there, but he's a God right here close by. And, and he wants to talk to me, and he wants to lead me, and he wants to guide me. It was, a, it was an epiphany for me where I really learned that the Holy Spirit is the, is the God part that is on earth today. Jesus said, if I don't go away, I can't send the Holy Spirit. I've got to go away so I can send the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who speaks to our hearts. It's the Holy Spirit that opens and closes doors. And as we pray and cry out to Him, we can expect the Holy Spirit to lead us by opening and closing doors. So we can ask Him for that. We can say that to Him. You know, interestingly enough, There's another, uh, well, it's the same scripture, basically. Here in, in, uh, well, in verse 9, we see Paul saying, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. I think if you've never thought about this before, you will be amazed at the number of times in the scripture where God speaks and directs through dreams and visions. It, it, it's really quite remarkable if you just do a little study and look at how many times God spoke through dreams and visions. Let me give you one that really kind of knocked me over when I, when I realized it. And we know this. I, you already know this. If you had a son who was in imminent danger a long ways away from home how would you get the message to him that you know his life was in danger? He'd probably call on the phone or you'd do something like that. God in heaven sent his son to the earth and the minute he was born, he was in danger of death because Herod wanted to kill him. What did he do? He gave his father, Joseph, he gave Joseph a dream. That's how God chose to communicate this grave danger for his son on the earth. And it, it always amazes me, it says that Joseph got up, it was still the nighttime, middle of the night, and says, he got married, they got their things, and they left right away. That's always a good indication that when we feel God is speaking to us, and we witness in our hearts, in our souls, in, our, in their spirits, that this is God it's good to move on it right away. It's not always good just to sit around and wait. Oh, I think I'll wait till morning. I don't like driving at night. No, if the Holy Spirit is speaking, we want to be, we we be people of instant obedience when he says something to us. So I want to encourage you to be aware that God chooses to speak in a variety of different ways. You'll know his voice as you're praying and asking him about it. One is open and closed doors. One is uh, dreams and visions. And you can expect that. And I've learned over the years that the way you start to hear God's voice in those things is by just being alert. I don't know if you're like me. I suspect you are. It's so easy to get up in the mornings you know, get dressed, get ready, go out, get the car, fill the car up with gas, go to work, go buy groceries. It's, it, it's, it's something of, of almost a curse of being a human being, in a sense, if you can understand that word. I don't, don't, go. anyway. Um, in that, we go through our activities on earth, and lots of times I'm not very alert to the Holy Spirit. I'm just going through doing what I have to do. And I'm convinced that if we will ask the Holy Spirit to help us when we get up in the mornings, that we will become more alert to what he's saying to us, and I believe we'll hear more of his voice speaking to us when we're more alert to the fact that he wants to speak to us, that he's right there beside us. You know, I, 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 look, at, uh, I look at our move here to the, to the U.S., you know, we... We were in Canada there, grew up in Canada in the Kitchener-Waterloo area. I met my wife in high school. And uh, there was just this, suddenly this inner desire, which is another way the Holy Spirit speaks to you. An inner desire that said, I would like to move to the United States. Now, I had some some, uh, practical reasons for that. I wanted to get rid of the border between the two countries so I could be wherever I wanted to in the two countries. That was just a very natural thing. But God gave us an inner desire... For that type of thing, which we pursued, so an inner desire is another way that God speaks to us. He gives us an inner dream, an inner vision, and then we pursue that. Uh, when we were here, uh, when I was leading the church in Sturgis, we w- you know we we just just go about normal life. You know, we were taking our leadership team out to Colorado for for a conference, and when we got out there, lo and behold, we ran into this this uh, booth at the conference that was being run by the John Maxwell organization talking about the Million Leader Mandate and how they wanted people to join with them to go and teach leadership seminars all over the world. And that booth sparked something in my heart. I went away, was praying about it. We took the, group, the leaders back to the same conference the next year and that same booth was there with the same person behind the, the, the desk in, in the booth. And I came home after that experience, and I had this deep sense that God was leading us to get involved in joining with Dr. Maxwell and teaching leadership seminars. And it's a lo- It's a story as to how we ended up in Uganda and Rwanda, and it's it's a bunch of different things. God confi- con- confirmed uh, our, the direction we picked it up, and away we went. And as they say, sort of the rest is history. But there were open doors. There, another way God uh, confirms thing is through through relationships and through friends. So when we moved down here, we moved down to be with a friend of mine who was planning a church in Sturgis. I didn't even know Sturgis existed at that time. I didn't know where it was. That's not hard to believe. It's just a little community, right, down here. And besides, I always said if I move to the U.S., I'm never moving to Michigan. It's too much like Ontario where I'm from. Why would I just? Why would I do that? I might as well just. You know, I want to go to Florida or somewhere exotic, whatever, um, God opened doors for us, he gave us friends in, Ru- in, in Uganda, and then friends in Uganda opened doors for us into Rwanda, and so we've been doing leadership training seminars in Rwanda, and then friends uh, also in Uganda opened doors for us into Burundi over there in East Africa, and we started doing, um, we started doing leadership training in, in Burundi as well, We were there about three or four times, maybe for a couple of years. And then the violence in the city became so great that our friends came and said, I don't think you should go back. A door closed. A door opened, a door closed. And so we haven't been back into Burundi for a while. Uh, But God leads us. He will lead you. He will speak to you. He will open doors. He will give you friends. He will give you an inner sense in your heart. You will hear his voice. And he will confirm those things to you. As you follow the Holy Spirit. And let me just say, as I kind of wind this up, just that God wants to speak to you, and He wants to lead you, and He wants to guide you, and He wants to take you into things that you cannot even imagine that He has for you already. I grew up in a little town of 1,000 people in, in uh, Ontario, there. I'm not from a famous family. I'm not from a wealthy family. My mom and dad loved Jesus, trained up their kids in walking with him. And I played on the softball team, fast pitch softball team in there, and played hockey, uh, you know, in the little arena down there. And God, I can't, when I look at the big picture, I cannot believe what God has done with me and my wife over this time. And I only say that uh, to encourage you. God has plans for you. He wants to do things with you. He wants to use you in ways you, can, you really can't see at this point. And he's going to open up doors and opportunities. And uh, going on missions trips, doing this and doing that, are part of the way God speaks to us and stirs inner desires in us. So we are really excited for Harlan and Mandy and the family and uh, Marcus and his daughter to come along with us. We're just excited to have them with us. I'm going to play a little video right now for you, just to give you a little taste of where we are and what we do. You already know this, so if we're ready to go, we can do that, so I'll just talk until it starts. Um, The choir's doing well. They're back home, and uh, probably Jennifer will talk a little bit about that later, so let's go ahead.
2: Um, I just want to say a couple words. Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. We're happy to be back. We enjoy visiting with your church very much. Um, So I just wanted to say a few words about the sponsorship program. I think some of you have heard the story of how it all got started when um, we had walked through Kosovo, the area that the school is located. It's a slum area, uh, very, very destitute area. And uh, we went home that night, and I was sleeping in my nice, warm, comfortable um, bed and breakfast uh, bed, and a torrential rainstorm started, like just pounding on the tin roof so heavily. And all I could think of was those kids. You didn't really see a picture of the kids where they or where they live in the homes in Kosovo, but very, very, very hard to imagine the, the poverty level. And I just thought, those kids are sleeping. It's probably raining right in on top of them. And my heart was just breaking. And I thought, I cannot go home and not do anything. So... I just got a few profiles from the one of the uh, workers there at the school and and took them home and Before I knew it, we had eight or nine sponsors, and uh, the the program just grew from there until we had about one hundred and eighty last time about this time. And then, of course, the choir came, and we were able to travel with them for six months to a different church every single Sunday and lots in between and we were able to raise a total of over 500 sponsors. So we have 500 sponsors, but I just wanted to share, which we're very excited and thankful for, but I just wanted to share this thought. I, I read a, an article from Compassion, and, and they were talking about what... They did a big study on whether sponsorships really made a difference in kids' lives, because you could ask yourself, you know, I give that amount every, every month, is it really making any difference? And, uh, of course, it makes a huge difference in the education that the kids can have and the, their ability to progress into high school, and and really uh, uh, just education takes them out of that that clasp of, of poverty that they were born into. But the thing that, that really struck me from the compa- Compassion study was they said that kids that were sponsored, there was something that happened internally in them besides the education that they received, and that was... There was hope there was hope that life can be quite well it's very monotonous it can be hopeless in that situation every day just trying to get food to eat every day not knowing you know whether you're going to be able to continue at school because your parents might not have the money to send you a lot of hopeless situations in that in that whole area and they the compassion study a, a long study that they did over the years that children were sponsored and talking to those kids as as adults, they reported that the thing that it really did for them was it gave them hope, that there was something for them in the future that they would not have experienced without that sponsorship. And that really struck me because I I see it. I see it in their faces. I see it in their eyes. Uh, They're so thankful. They always ask, how is my sponsor? When are they coming to see me? You know, they just have a real... um, close feeling to their sponsor even though they just communicate with them a few times a year get letters from them or pictures they really feel an attachment to their sponsors and it's just uh, it's just an amazing thing to see so that hope is what they found was making the difference more than anything else in the kids lives
1: so <clears throat> we're excited that the the choir raised 308 sponsors which have brought us up to that number and so we really think that's going to make a huge difference in the school, just in the funding of the school, paying teachers and that type of thing. Uh, The other two things we do are the farm. You saw a little picture of that there. The video is probably a a couple years old now because the head teacher is different and Fiona Mwanje, Dale's wife, is no longer the sponsorship coordinator. But at the farm, they're growing passion fruit. How many of you have had passion fruit? I imagine this church has been in, in missions a lot, so you may have experienced that. Passion fruit is a really, really good juice to have and it's very valuable and so they're growing, one of their major crops that they're working on right now is passion fruit because our goal is to get the farm self-sufficient to raise enough money to be able to have it run without continuing to put more money into the farm. We're still not there and we've been doing it several years but passion fruit is going to help us to get there a little bit more so they've doubled the size of the passion fruit um, plots and we'll see how that goes going forward. The leadership training seminars are going well as well. Uh, we normally we would go back twice a year for three years to complete a, a volume of training. Uh, we've made a slight adjustment with that. Uh, we decided we're not going to commit to going back uh, twice a year uh, all the time anymore. Although we plan to go back twice a year, we just didn't want to be on the hook to go back uh, you know, in case things changed and we weren't able to do that or something else happened. <laughs> But they're going well. There's, there's just more opportunity than we can possibly meet with the leadership training. We've got people who want us to come into the communities, into areas all over the nation and run training seminars for their people there. So we're still trying to figure out how to do that. We're, you know, we're, we're really praying and seeking the Lord about uh, how we put that together and how we structure things. So we're making some adjustments in our structure right now and we'll, we'll see what we can do. We're just kind of at the front end of that. We graduated our final classes in November, and we are, we are, well, not this November. I guess it was in spring. I'm sorry, in the spring, in April, right? So we're just kind of working on the whole structure for the leadership training thing, but we continue to do that and enjoy that really mu- very much. It's making a huge difference in the lives of the people there. And so with that, that's just a quick little report. We want to thank you for your patience with us. We've gone over a significant amount here in time-wise. I want to say thank you, Merlin. We really appreciate you opening up uh, the church to us and your wife and family and just giving us the opportunity here to get to know the people here that gather here as a body of Christ. Joe, thank you so much for going with us and representing us well here. And, and uh, Harlan, Mandy, girls, Marcus, we're looking forward to having you along with us. So again, thank you very much for having us. God bless you. We have a little table out there. Where, you know, If you want to sponsor a child... Uh, you can do that back there. We also have some T-shirts left over. If anybody wants a T-shirt, five bucks. We're clearing them out. Um, and uh, some, there's some uh, CDs as well from the choir. If you'd like to pick something up just as a memento and have the kids sing to you in your living room, um, you can do that as well. Thank you very much. God bless you.